Welcome to Misinfo Weekly, a mostly weekly program about misinformation in our time. Misinfo Weekly is a podcast by the Unit for Data Science and Analytics at Arizona State University Library. This week, we look at misinformation surrounding the children's program, Paw Patrol, and how many people came to believe that the show was going to be canceled because of pressure from left-wing political activists. So we start this week with a children's program. We're going to talk about Paw Patrol. Sean, are you familiar with Paw Patrol as a television show? I know you're familiar with it as data, but as a children's show, had you ever watched it before? No, I, I actually, I only watched a couple episodes this, this week. What's Paw Patrol about in your best possible sure. description? So Paw Patrol, we have a, a number of dogs that are led by a 10-year-old child named Ryder that they serve different roles. So there's a, a police dog, there's a fireman dog, there's a a dog that fixes things and recycles and they go around and solve problems in the town. How they solve the problems is to just build a bunch of different tools or machines to solve their problems. The one dog, which kind of became the center of a a whole lot of controversy lately is Chase, the police dog. He's a German shepherd. Yes. So Chase, Chase is the German shepherd police dog that has been kind of the sort of top dog, so to speak, in all the marketing for the show since its inception. Yeah, and that's to say he's not a canine unit. He is a dog who is a police officer, which in the show makes a bunch of sense that you would be a dog police officer, not a dog of a police officer, Uh, if I could make that distinction. Yes, all the dogs can talk and have special powers and operate machines by voice. We are helpfully reminding people what a children's show might be like. So we're talking about Paw Patrol today because it's the kind of epicenter of a controversy around the representation of police in media and around the so-called cancel culture about what comes off the air, what must come off the air, and how this is oftentimes a friction point between people who identify on the political left and people who identify on the political right. And so we want to tell a story or talk through a timeline, really, about how we went from Paw Patrol expressing some solidarity with Black Lives Matter to the show being about to be canceled to there being a huge amount of controversy around that show being canceled. The problem is, is that the show was never going to be canceled at all. And so we want to get to the bottom of how this went from one tweet in solidarity with Black Lives Matter to a misinformation event that got a lot of people confused about whether or not this show was going to go away and where political pressure was coming from, if at all. So we can start from the beginning. So June 2nd, the official Paw Patrol Twitter account sends out a tweet in solidarity with hashtag Amplify Melanated Voices. So the the tweet says basically that they're going to be muted and listening until June 7th. And that was tweeted at 6.21 a.m. Phoenix time on June 2nd. So there are just a number of comments to that tweet, 1,800 comments. So there's some discussion of... You know, we like Paw Patrol. We really support this idea. Then there's just a handful of comments. I think some of them in jest. It uh, seemed like it turned dark. There's some some dark. So there's some memes that are dark, but maybe slightly enjoyable or interesting. Like there's a someone modified a "All Dogs Go to Heaven" poster and said, "All dogs go to heaven except for those crap class traders in Paw Patrol." Yeah, and our correspondent justice just simply isn't having any of this conversation about uh, any kind of bad outcomes for dogs. So when does the, when did the memes really start? Do they start after that tweet on the second? A lot of the discussion is happening the same day. So basically this tweet happens, there's kind of an immediate response 
And by response, I don't mean a groundswell to, to cancel or defund or, as some have said, euthanize Paw Patrol. A lot of people are saying thank you. So there's just a little bit of a conversation. There aren't mass calls for anything. And then we have nothing that's happening until June 10th. Right. So at some point in that mixture of tweets, right, between the second and the 10th, there are a lot of people who are kind of making some jokes. I think maybe like a couple hours after the first tweet comes out, somebody makes the first kind of off-color or irreverent joke about kind of euthanizing Paw Patrol or, you know, something to that effect. Somebody else says, I hope you get canceled. And just as a, as a point of reference, we might mention specific tweets from Twitter accounts, but just as a, a matter of course, we do not mention the names of non-verified accounts on Twitter to protect the identities of the people who go and post stuff. So it's not our agenda to identify specific Twitter users unless they have verified with Twitter that they are a public account and a public figure. So that's why we might say we're talking about a tweet. We're not going to reference a specific user. And that's just what we do in respect to people's privacy. But there are tweets out there that say, I hope you get canceled, that get a little bit of some likes and some, and some love. And then we get to the 10th, where things start to change. So Sean, you've identified a couple different things that happen on the 10th. What changes then? So we have this, you know, these number of comments. I wouldn't call anything a groundswell. So there's some positive comments. There's some negative comments. There's some funny memes, like a, a picture of Chase from Paw Patrol in like a little Lego house that says mandatory inherent bias training on top. So that's the kind of banter that's going back and forth within this stream. Not a, right. a mass call for... I think it's important to make it clear that it's not a mass call for canceling the show. Yeah. And in social media research, generally, if you have a thousand tweets total over the course of a week, and a fraction of them are of a tongue-in-cheek opinion about circulating memes about sensitivity training for Chase the Dog, or not tongue-in-cheek, but kind of saying, I hope you get canceled. That is relatively small compared to when you do see a groundswell in social media. You're going to see those kinds of messages amplified more than just dozens of times or a couple uh, hundred shares or even a hundred shares of a meme, right? Normally, if something really goes viral, we're not talking about 100 shares. We're not talking about 20 likes. Yes. And so we have this initial post on June 2nd in solidarity for, with Paw Patrol, of basically of silencing their voice to listen. Then on June 10th, we have a, a New York Times critics notebook article. So this is more of an opinion article. It's entitled, The Protest Came for Paw Patrol. And she mentions this Paw Patrol tweet about call for Black voices to be heard. And then she said, yes, there are some commenters that have come and they've said, euthanize the police dog. They said, defund the Paw Patrol. All dogs go to heaven except for the class traders and Paw Patrol. But the next paragraph is really important. She says, it's a joke, but it's not. And she discusses the meaning of the joke and the importance of the joke and what that represents in society and how that might be problematic. So we don't want to close read this article too much, but the idea of saying it's a joke, but it's not, is not trying to say that you should interpret all of this stuff literally. It's just trying to say this humor is one approach at social commentary. Yes, but the note of a joke becomes important because then later that day, we have Eric Trump tweets out that they're going to cancel Paw Patrol. And this gets five and a half thousand likes, 1.2 thousand comments, another almost 2,000 shares. So he tweets and posts this on Facebook. And there's no mention of this is a joke. The mention is the liberals are coming for Paw Patrol. They can't even handle a children's show with a dog who's a cop. Yes. And 5,000 likes is going viral. 
And so we've go from this, you know, what looks like some kind of scattered comments and sarcasm leading up to it. The New York Times article says that there is some kind of contingency out there that's coming for Paw Patrol in a joking way as a way of kind of making commentary. But then we're shifting over one more frame of meaning to say they actually want to cancel Paw Patrol. So we've gone from kind of jokingly suggesting that it should be canceled as a form of commentary about, hey, let's reflect on what kinds of stuff we're showing kids. And I'm not sure if everyone who shared any of those memes exactly had those thoughts in their mind. But I certainly think that the critics notebook piece in the New York Times was trying to call attention to these tweets as a form of social commentary, not a groundswell of voices who are just calling for the cancellation of this television program. That was nowhere in that piece. Yeah, exactly. They're seeing these memes as criticism of the sort of the archetype of the good cop and how we need to have a broader discussion. But we have this tweet and Facebook post from Eric Trump. And then the same day, we have two articles, one on foxnews.com, another in the Western Journal. And the Western Journal article, they post on their Facebook pages, and that's shared a combined almost 130,000 times. And this is all about implying that, that they're coming for Paw Patrol, that they're going to cancel it, and that the key reference for being upset about canceling Paw Patrol is this New York Times piece on the 10th. Yes. And then in this conservative article, a Western Journal piece, it's now turned into leftist Twitter trolls were quick to respond by condemning the children's show for having the gall to portray one of its characters as a morally upstanding police dog. And then they use an example of two tweets as evidence of this extreme outrage on the left. And then this article gets shared a little over 130,000 times. So the article about the thing gets shared an order of magnitude or two more than the thing that it's actually talking about. Yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing in many ways. Yes. We're all still on June 10th here in terms of the timeline, or did we make it all the the way to the 11th? No, we're still on June 10th, and we're not done with June 10th yet. There's still more on June 10th. Tell me more. What happened more on June 10th? I have a couple things about June 11th. So then Fox News also publishes a similar article, and they amp up from sort of trolls to, you know, basically a, a herd, a crowd, and they link to some portion of their website about viral videos, which has nothing to do with Paw Patrol as their, their evidence for the viralness of the calls to cancel Paw Patrol. So th- this Fox News piece represents that there's a kind of virtual mob coming for Paw Patrol. Yes. And their pieces of evidence are this New York Times article. They mentioned the New York Times article, and then there's a, a link to the entertainment section of their website about content that goes viral. And if you follow that link, there's nothing about Paw Patrol on that page. So this is like a game of telephone mixed with a kind of game on the internet, which is to make sure that the word that is at the end of your sentence about evidence is hyperlinked. And as long as that's the case, then you've got evidence. Like we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, right? Most people don't click links. Yeah. And this is the third or fourth link in the story. So you're probably already tired. You're exhausted. Yeah. You've just been, So you're not following that. So that's happened on that. That's the 10th. So those are some of the big events and, and big articles on the 10th. So we go from New York times moments after the New York times is published. We have over 130,000 plus circulation of these articles, as well as another 2000 shares of Eric Trump's tweets and Facebook posts. Okay. So this is blowing up now. And so by the 11th, we're hitting some conservative media. So Fox News has a piece on how liberals are calling for the cancellation of Paw Patrol. And on air piece, right? On air piece, yes. And then uh, Ben Shapiro does a podcast 
where he comes out and is completely outraged with the demands to cancel Splash Mountain, Live PD, and Paw Patrol, that this is completely out of hand and that the whole world has gone crazy. And so in about 24 hours, we've moved from New York Times saying people are making these tongue-in-cheek jokes about eliminating Paw Patrol, but we should really think seriously about these jokes for a minute because this is kind of a teachable moment about how we represent police and all kinds of media. And in 24 hours, we've moved from that to the liberals are calling for the cancellation of a beloved television program. Everybody pay attention to this because this is just an example of, of cancel culture. Cancel culture being this idea that if we don't like something or if something's politically incorrect, right? this is just an extension of the whole PC culture frame of everything needing to be eliminated that's deemed to be slightly offensive. But we pick this up and get upset about it. And in a 24-hour period, we've kind of gone to a genuine outrage and really a call to action to push back against people who are trying to cancel these things. And it's of a piece with the actual cancellations of the television show Live PD and the television show Cops, such that by the 11th or the 12th of June, you have tweets popping up that ask, hey, is Paw Patrol canceled? Is it true that Paw Patrol got canceled? And so something very interesting happened where nobody ever called for the cancellation of Paw Patrol on the 2nd. On the 10th, nobody discussed the cancellation of Paw Patrol in the New York Times. But by the 11th and the 12th, 11th in the evening and the 12th, people are seriously wondering if the show got canceled and begging television network Nickelodeon to bring the show back. And we even have big political figures that are getting involved. So on the 11th, Tom Cotton tweeted about you can't cancel Paw Patrol. Again, like you're saying, he lumps it in with these other television shows that are being canceled, like Cops and PD Live. And then now you have the third item is don't cancel our beloved Paw Patrol. Yeah, exactly. So where do we go from here? After this event on the 10th or the 11th, what happens after that? We have Donald Trump Jr. on the 13th, then starts to tweet out some some comments. He tweets out my favorite meme, which is sort of Corella DeVille from the, the Disney TV show or movie 101 Dalmatians, but it's been modified to look like Nancy Pelosi holding Chase, the police dog from Paw Patrol, and that Nancy Pelosi wants to cancel Paw Patrol. His Facebook post, which is shared about 10,000 times on the 13th. And, and after that, it just seems to kind of die off. Like now it's sort of disappeared from social media in that we're not continuing to circulate these sort of Paw Patrol issues. It just seems like it showed up for a couple of days, then just fell off a cliff. Yeah, this Facebook post, which happens a couple days after Fox News decided to air it, I'll just read it just to kind of give everyone a sense of what got, you know, 30,000 comments or 4,000 comments, 10,000 shares, uh, something like 30,000 likes. Now they want to cancel kids' cartoons because they don't depict cops as evil. When they come for Paw Patrol, you know they've lost their way. Nothing can't be made into an issue by the lady. And I'm assuming that the lady here is Nancy Pelosi dressed as Cruella DeVille. Going to go out on a limb here. But just notice here that by the time we get to this Trump Jr. tweet, we are talking about canceling kids' cartoons because they don't depict cops as evil. And where we started with this was, I hope you get canceled. So we've moved from, you know, somewhere in early June, somebody on Twitter says, I hope you get canceled. 
or euthanize Paw Patrol all the way to now they want to cancel kids programs, right? So we're talking about a total, like maybe at max hundreds of either tweets or retweets who are making these comments about Paw Patrol. The vast majority of them have some irony in them. We've gone from that to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people sharing and interacting with a post that says now they want to cancel kids cartoons. I mean, so if we look at just on Facebook alone, these shares by some of the more prominent members and prominent news organizations, this represents in just a couple of days, 200,000 shares of just a handful of articles that are discussing how the left is going crazy and they want to cancel Paw Patrol, even though the genesis of this was actually a tweet from the Paw Patrol account in solidarity with Black Lives Matter that says, let's be quiet and let's listen and let's elevate other voices. And then it turned into, we're going to euthanize Chase, the German Shepherd police dog on Paw Patrol. Yeah. And to put this in perspective, we pulled all the tweets that mentioned Paw Patrol or the Paw Patrol Twitter account from Twitter. And it returned something like 20,000 tweets in total going all the way back to February. Now there's some ins and outs of getting data from Twitter that we'll talk about at some other time. But the basic count was there's a total of 800 tweets that mentioned Paw Patrol in our collection between June 2nd and June 10th. So 800. After that, you're looking at something like 18, 19,000 tweets after June 10th. So 800 tweets or retweets or mentions before June 10th, 18,000, 19,000 after June 10th. So it's not uncommon to see this where the response to the supposed outrage is far bigger, far more coordinated, far more viral than whatever it was it was responding to. And so in this case, though, it's this interesting myth that somehow Paw Patrol was getting canceled. And if we look at Facebook, we're looking for posts that mention Paw Patrol and either defund or cancel from the 1st of June until the 19th. There are 759 posts, but those 759 59 posts have more than a million interactions and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of shares. Yeah. And what do you make of that? So this is just a couple pieces of information that are being shared. And if we go back to our, our first episode, so I'll put positive to say that a lot of these shares are, we can't defund Paw Patrol share. And there's not even a reading of the article, a lot of the source information. So we have this emotional, visceral response to this article with a lambastic title, and then it just gets out of hand and starts to circulate and then starts to be used as a political meme with the, the sort of Nancy Pelosi post that was made on the, the 13th. Yeah. And in our first episode, we talked a lot about how when people are bad actors online, they're able to create or kind of deploy approaches to misinformation that defy typical information literacy training. So this idea that if you're going to click on a link to a reference, then you want to use that to check it out. In a kind of deliberate misinformation context, you might link to a story from some newspaper that somebody invented a month ago. But in this case, it was the New York Times. This wasn't a sophisticated misinformation campaign in that sense. All you had to do was click on the story or Google the story. The New York Times comes up and the New York Times is reasonably credible such that you shouldn't suspect them of misinformation. But people don't even do that. Right. So just to talk about how a lot of times folks won't even engage in that first gear of trying to understand misinformation, which is already really fraught with all kinds of problems, as we had discussed. But sometimes we don't even get that far. So all you needed to do was just read three sentences, three sentences of that New York Times article. And all of a sudden it makes sense that they're not trying to cancel Paw Patrol. 
but people don't even get to the point of reading three sentences. And if you look at the comments, so I scrolled through, not an exhaustive list, but I've scrolled through a, a plethora of thousands of some of these comments. And you Bless see a you. lot yeah. of... Well, you see a lot of folks that are posting saying, well, I love to watch Paw Patrol with my kids. Or there's actually a lot of, I love to watch Paw Patrol with my grandchildren. So you can't cancel Paw Patrol. And so you see this sort of visceral comment, which connects back to this visceral reaction. People are afraid. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually concerned. So they believe it's true. Please don't cancel Paw Patrol. One of the number one terms to show up when we uh, analyze the language of the Paw Patrol tweets, one of the number one words that came up by frequency was the word please. And it's associated with please don't cancel or please save Paw Patrol or other phrases of that kind. So a lot of people are interacting with Paw Patrol social media posts on Twitter and Facebook asking that the show be saved because they really think that it's going to be canceled. So what do we learn from all of this? That we went from June 2nd to the middle of June and from a we are muted in solidarity with Black Lives Matter or melanated voices or amplify melanated voices all the way to the liberals are coming for Paw Patrol. Save our station, essentially. What do we learn from this whole thing? I think this is an excellent example of how we can mix fact and fiction. So there is truth that there were a handful of tweets asking for Paw Patrol to be canceled, but there's not a outcry. There's no information from Nick Jr. or Nickelodeon that they're going to cancel the show. So we take the truth of, look, here's a tweet, there's evidence, and then we turn it into something that it's not. Yeah, there's not really consensus of what a, a groundswell or what a chorus of protests really looks like on Twitter. So when someone says there's people calling for Paw Patrol to be canceled, there's no evidence produced in that kind of representation. You know, we collectively, right, as media consumers, don't always have good standards or a mutual understanding with people reporting about social media, about what constitutes a groundswell or a chorus of voices or a trend even. And so that can get in the way. The other thing that's interesting about this to me, though, I couldn't find a bot account that was interacting with this Paw Patrol situation. I, I certainly wouldn't rule out that bots or troll accounts are active here, but this isn't one of those events that seems to be shot through with bot and troll activity. We also see the evidence of what we call the long tail. So we have a small number of very connected and powerful accounts like Donald Trump Jr. and his brother Eric Trump, for example, Fox News are circulating information. But that only accounts for a couple hundred thousand of these shares and interactions. But we have about a million. So there's this long tail of much smaller groups, single individuals sharing this into their timeline that continues to inflate this information and keeps it in the public's consciousness over time. So we have this sort of initial shot from big media players that may let it hang out for a couple of days. And then it continues to spread in smaller forums over time to keep the information flowing. Yeah. And what I think that idea of, of making sure that it's persistent is really important, I think, to the misinforming effect of this total event, right? We didn't need troll bots or a coordinated campaign to misinform people. All we needed was political polarization. So if people were polarized politically enough, then this liberals coming to cancel a cartoon made a lot more sense than if we weren't politically polarized. On its face, this is not really a credible story that people are coming after a children's cartoon just because. But if you're used to the idea that liberals are completely outrageous and nothing is sacred and all they want to do is cancel and delete things that ruffle their feathers, then you believe it automatically. And we add some feel to that ruffling of those feathers with strategic use of visuals. Yes. 
Yes. And look, we're used to this idea. And a lot of times, you know, when we talk to people about misinformation and they want to study misinformation, one of the number one things that people say is, I want to study how misinformation causes political polarization. I want to look at how it creates divisions. But I think sometimes that can be backwards, right? We should be thinking about polarization and political division as a prerequisite to be misinformed or a specific vulnerability to misinformation is being divided politically. If you look at the voting patterns in Congress, political division was happening long before social media even showed up as a technology. Here is a nice example of how political polarization actually was a great place for misinformation to be sown. I don't want to call it on accident because I don't know what the editors of Fox News are thinking, and I don't know what the specific intentions are of some of these social media accounts or Eric Trump or Donald Trump Jr. I don't want to conjecture right now about their particular intent. Like that's, that's for a different day. However, it does seem like this was an own goal in the sense that it, was, it would be a very simple thing to, to resolve. But because people were in such pitched battle with one another ideologically, then that misinformation flourished even without a coordinated campaign by a bad actor or you know, state-sponsored intelligence service. These articles were strategically placed into these paths, like you were discussing, right? So there's these different points in the network, our social networks, where you know, we're all connected. So they strategically drop these articles at moments in time over a series of a couple of days, which causes this uproar. Like you were saying, it's not that necessarily social media always causes partisanship. It's that we already have this partisanship. So social media is a vehicle to efficiently deliver misinformation packages to the right groups to make it spread and cause these types of outbreaks. Yeah. And I I take your point that this misinformation event was not intentionless in that it does seem like there was some intentional stoking of outrage. And so I don't want to say that this was an accidental misinformation event. It, It wasn't. I just feel like there's some kind of distinction here between people inflating the representativeness of certain communications and pieces of data or just misrepresenting a piece of journalism and say a campaign, like a a botnet attack or something like that, right? We should have room in our vocabulary of, in general, of thinking through misinformation events as those things being very different from one another. But that kind of political partisanship and that division made it possible for this dead simple approach to create a whole lot of misinformation. And by the end of it, you have people begging for their children's show to, to come back on the air. Well, and, and there was even an impact because if we look at the Nick Jr. website today, I went to the Internet Archive and looked at archived copies of this webpage going back into 2017. And Chase, Because we're professionals. <laughs> yes. And, and Chase, who's the, the police dog, has always been the icon for Paw Patrol. So in the menu, you see a picture of Chase. And now they've switched it to the Dalmatian, the firefighting dog, as of the 17th of June. So Chase is no longer the main dog on the menu. You have to actually go into the Paw Patrol website to see Chase. Well, he's kind of like a lightning rod at this point. Yes, yes. And not because he had to be, just that's where we are. Yes. I mean, he was turned into a lightning rod by, I would argue, quite a bit of bad journalism that then got spread. Any final thoughts? I want to add two final thoughts. One is that Paw Patrol or the producers of Paw Patrol haven't been involved in any of this coverage. So there's no official comment. They are canceling. They're not canceling. There's just been some silence. And second is the uneven coverage. There's been very little coverage of this outside of very ultra-conservative media. 
your usual suspects like MSNBC or CNN didn't pick up these stories. Fox picks up the stories for a few minutes and then now it's gone. So there's been really uneven coverage, yet this has been shared hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times. Thanks for joining us. For questions or comments, use the email address datascience at asu.edu. And to check out more about what we're doing, try library.asu.edu slash data.